are listening to the Batflip Podcast, a baseball podcast from Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Damian and Matt. Welcome back, everyone, to the Batflip Podcast. My name is Damian here with my co-host, Matt, coming to you on June 15th of 2021. Can you believe that this is already episode 40, Matt? It's unbelievable. We're almost <laughs> to a year here, probably a month and a half. Yeah, we're coming up pretty dang close on a, on a year of this deal. Um, so what's going on this week with you? Um, not too much. Just, uh, moved into my place last week and, um, you know, not too much going on other than that. (laughs) Enjoying it? Yeah, so far I am. Uh, it's been, it's been cool. So it's definitely an adjustment. It's different, but I'm, uh, getting used to it. So still in the process of getting stuff put up and organized and and everything. So, but it's been good so far. I hear that. Well, uh, it's going to be some exciting. I mean, we get to finally meet in person this weekend, which is pretty awesome. Yeah. Heading out to Nashville for the uh, for the NASCAR weekend. Yeah, but, that's going to uh, be great. It'd be pretty fun to be able to see the whole friend group and whatever. But Yeah. So on today's show, we, uh, you know, it's come up to the point where all-star voting is in the process. We just got back the first results. Um, so we're going to kind of break that down and then go over our all-star ballot, and we're going to actually submit one as a show. Um, but before we want to talk about that, uh, there's a big, uh, big spectacle going on in the game right now. I guess that that's what you want to call it around pitchers and foreign substances. Um, and if they should be allowed, what should not be allowed. And the big crackdown, the MLB is going to start enforcing. I believe it's on Monday, um, is when they're going to start enforcing it, but pretty much, Pitchers have been taking advantage of the fact that Major League Baseball doesn't check if they use foreign substances as of like pine tar, um, sunscreen a lot is most as known a lot, rosin. But the main thing that people have started using is what's called spider tack. And I guess it's a, uh, a super sticky deal that was meant for uh, the, the world's strongest man competitions to help them lift like the big old stones and everything. Well, now pitchers are starting to use that on baseballs to help their ball spin more yeah it's one of those things where uh this something that's been going on for you know three or four years it's been a big thing in the game recently that guys have been increasing their spin rates and they've done a lot of work on that and uh you know as it turns out some of that work they've been doing on that has been stuff that they're not actually doing things better they're just putting stuff on their hands that are doing that are making things better for them which is against the rules you can't you're not supposed to use any kind of foreign substances in, in you know in games a pitcher um it's been against the rules for a long time and uh, you know it's one of those things where um you know there's been a lot of a lot of talk about it over the past couple of years and especially this year with the foreign substances but over the last few years been a lot of talk about how much spin rates are increasing and that's led to a sharp increase in strikeouts um partially partially because of because of that obviously and then um you know a lot of um you know increased uh swing and miss and uh which i think a lot of people have rightfully you know talked about that not being good for the game to have so much more extra swing and miss so yeah and it's it's been really interesting like you said over the past couple years but what's really been interesting is that since major league baseball kind of ignored it for so long and then now all of a sudden they're into a middle of a season and that's when they want to start you know, trying to enforce this. And then let alone on the upcoming CBA negotiations that you have 
you know, coming up after this season. But one thing that we, we found interesting is I, I saw this tweet. It was by Brandon uh, Warren is that the rolling MLB average for starting pitchers ERA by full weeks. So this is by week. Um, and in April 5th, when pretty much this was all allowed, whatever, it was a 392. It went to 387 next week, 395, 439, a 396, 409, 410, 360. So those are about a four to a mid four um, or lower ERA. Well, over the past couple of weeks where this has kind of started being a topic, Major League Baseball said, hey, we're going to start coming out with something that's going to start punishing guys. The ERA has jumped up to the past two weeks, a four, five, eight and a four, six, four ERA over the past two weeks. Yeah, and I think this this coincides directly with the spin rate. Spin rate on average is down. I don't remember the exact number, but um, I think they were saying about 200 RPMs on fastballs on, on average since this is change has been made. That's exactly what Major League Baseball is wanting to do. And 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 to be to be fair to Major League Baseball, I I do agree with you. You know changing the enforcement of this in the middle of the season is wonky and probably not the best thing to do. But to be fair, before the season, they did say they're going to start cracking down on it this year. And also this is something that's been illegal for a long time. So, you know, changing their enforcement of it, you know, maybe they should have done that a long time ago, but, uh, and, and not in the middle of the season. But um, th- I think this is something that's been going on a while and, and this isn't a new, a new rule or anything. It's, it's just that they're saying, okay, We've had enough of it. We're going to enforce it now. Um, the unfortunate side of things is that you do have some issues, as as we'll talk about here in a second, with 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 the changing enforcement of this and guys who are using some substances for reasons that aren't actually really improving their game, but you know, improving just their ability to not hit batters and stuff. Yeah, and in a big problem of this too is the way that Major League Baseball has changed the actual ball. So from what the ball was back in the 80s and the 90s, it had a little tack on it anyways. So it had a little bit of a, uh, not not sticky, but it, it, it didn't feel slippery. That's one thing I should say, is that the balls now that they've been using the past couple of years basically feel like you're picking up a pool ball and you're trying to throw a pool ball, you know, 90 hundred miles an hour into a strike zone and, and you kind of don't know where it goes. So that that's part of it. And that, you know, the players, they, they know that this is a thing. And then major league baseball has basically swept this under the rug for I mean, four to five years. And basically even people that have whistleblown about it, like, Hey, this is an ongoing thing. Like, look, major league baseball just didn't care. So of course the, it took over the game even more, but a big deal is that, you know, they changed the ball and that now they're pretty much going with this like cue ball type ball that they're trying to say, okay, well look, now you're not going to get anything to help you even grip it where like a sunscreen and a rosin mixture that wouldn't help you really affect your spin rate. And if you don't know what spin rate really means, it basically makes your pitches either like look faster or look break a little bit more than what they you know, are tended to really look like. So on a spin rate, I think they said what, like 
300 rpms or is like two miles an hour is that what they were saying it is what it like looks that. like it doesn't actually make the ball go that much more but yeah, it would make it, a 96 mile an hour fastball look like a 98 or 99 yeah and a part of that's because that spin rate it adds resistance mm-hmm. and it makes it it makes it not drop as much because even a fastball just based on the laws of physics gravity will drop a fastball some it's not gonna drop much but it, it should drop some but that spin rate resist you know helps resist that that lowering it it, it adds some air some uh, some air resistance and it keeps it and it makes it an illusion to the hitters that it's coming at you harder because it's not dropping as much and because and and the, that it's and that it's rising almost to some some extent some guys you know it, it looks to them like it's rising so mm-hmm. that's one of the things that you know, I think a lot of people talk about that rising fastball that's been seen so much in the game, that pitching, that high spin rate fastball up in the zone. That's been something that people have been struggling with hitting for a while now. And that that's and that's exactly why. Um, and, you know, I think that the change to, to eliminate the stuff like spider attack is something that is needed in the game. I, I think that they'd have to do something to eliminate the spider attack thing the only issue is, you know, how do they do it and, you know, how do they, how do they enforce it? But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it, you know, that spin rate, that, 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 that's, that's a killer for hitters. I mean, you look at the best pitchers in baseball the last few years and every single one of them is, you know, to a certain extent that, that forward substance, especially some of the real sticky ones like pine tar or, or that spider tack stuff to a certain extent, those are more, costly to, to, the, to batters or, or more they affect the game more than stuff like you know the juice ball or steroids or something did and that's something that um you know i think is needed to get out of the game yeah and, and like you said that it the spider tack and that stuff is something that they do need to get out of the game like it's it's been an issue and it's been evolving and i think it's just gotten worse over the past couple years indeed but I part of it is major league baseball needs to just say, okay, look, if like, this is going to be a a thing that we're just going to say, this is what you can use. Like, I do feel that the pitchers need a little something to help them grip the ball. So a big thing that, that happened is, is, and gives you a little bit of context as well as us is Tyler glass. Now who we've talked about, um, on this show, I think even last week he was one of our players of the week, maybe. But he recently, or I think it was on, it was yesterday, he got pulled from his start early and came out and said that he has elbow issues. And they found out today that he has a torn UCL and might possibly need Tommy John, but they're going to try to avoid that at first. And he went on to this this big old rant saying how. You know, he used to use the sunscreen and the rosin to help intensify his grip a little bit, not to help spin, but to help just grip the ball better because it does feel like this. And now that he, over his past two starts, one of them he still pitched really well. He struck out 11 nationals, I believe. Um, he said, the, I, instead of being able to hold the ball on the end of my fingers and hold it as an egg and be able to you know, not put so much stress on my arm, I have to put that deep into my hand now and I have to force it so much more pressure on my fingers, which is putting more pressure on my elbow. And when you're releasing it, you're going from a full flex to a nothing automatic right, right away. And it might be a thing that starts causing issues because major league baseball is basically saying you can't use anything anymore. Like 
we'll give you, I don't even know if they're going to keep the rosin bag. I would assume they're going to keep they, the they rosin are. bag yeah, out the there. Yeah, the rosin bag stays. But that's been yeah. But the rosin bag alone doesn't really do much. Yeah. And in um, the reminder, and a reminder, this isn't an actual rule change. These these things are all against the we're all, right. all against the rules for years and years Correct. and years. It, it's an enforcement change. Yeah. They've they talked just, about, "Hey, we're actually going to look we're going to actually enforce this now." Uh, yeah. It's a change. So um, or at least crack down on it because it has been enforced. I mean, you've had guys get suspended for for and pulled from games, kicked out of games for using foreign substances, but it has had to been called out by a manager, called out by one of the players that it got in the umpire. I mean, you you've seen it. You know, we had that Michael Pineda situation a few years ago. We've had you know, I think Will Smith had it happen uh, ironically against the Braves, um, which was interesting um, since he's now on the Braves. And then you had uh, Brian Mattis got 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 hit for it a few years ago so this isn't something that that's never been decided used before or or, or and it's never been enforced before but it's been a, a select it hasn't been it hasn't been cracked down on in the way that they're going to check every pitcher for it they're going to look at so so one of the things that i think is important is for for major league baseball to look at especially i mean even in the middle of the season it's going to be hey you know what does what are pitcher? Is the ball right now? Is the ball at a level where pitchers cannot do? Because it's entirely possible that this stuff is helping pitchers grip the ball, and they're not as afraid to throw at a higher velocity, too. In my opinion, I mean, you know, you have a guy like like Tyler Glass now is a guy who throws really hard. He throws in the upper 90s. So is some of the ability to throw that hard related to you know? And having to squeeze the ball so hard, you know, if if you're not throwing as hard, are you going to grip it better? Is it, you know, what what kind of grip? Are you just going to completely throw every other pitch out of the, or is it going to be one out of a hundred pitches that you that that slip? You know, what's what's the big, you know, what what what's the data going to look like? And I think that's something that Major League Baseball needs to look at a little bit more right now. But um, and and I think one of the things they need to do is they need to test the substances when they when they pull a pitcher off the mound i mean when a pitcher comes out of the game and they look at say you know their glove and they find some a substance what substance is it because if it's spider tack then that pitcher should be you know suspended for more than 10 games because they know that they're not supposed to be using it and it's a competitive advantage it's cheating but you know is a is is you know rawson and sunscreen is that a competitive advantage some say it's not a lot of people say a lot of pitchers say it's not some say it is i, I guess i mean it you know if it helps you grip the ball i mean that's you know it, it's helping you grip the ball and that might help you with control i don't know i don't know the data behind that so um i think that's one of the things that's really interesting to look at is that you know how much does this actually you know there's some of the lower end substances like like a rosin and sunscreen how much does that actually affect a pitcher's ability to to grip the ball does it help them control it? Does it I mean, because because if it helps with grip, it might help with control. So, um, well, I but mean, obviously, I mean, we don't want if it's going to cause injuries. If if, if, yeah. if there's no pitchers that can do it, and it's going to cause injuries, that's that's why I'm saying there needs to be research. So saying, there's no yeah. pitchers with the modern day ball that can throw, and that's a problem that's not related to. I mean, if it's and it's going to cause injuries, then this def then that definitely needs to be changed. Yeah, in, and in, needs to, something needs to be done. In a sort, don't you want the pitchers to have a like better control of their pitches, especially nowadays? I, I understand with the the whole, you know, is it going to make somebody a pinpoint pitcher? But 
in the days now, especially of where we have more throwers than we do um, pitchers, somebody that just tries to throw the ball as hard as they can and the ball, they don't know where it's going half the time. Should, I mean, I like I said, I think more of the sunscreen rosin type thing should be something that MLB investigates and looks at and says, okay, we understand that this doesn't help you perform better, but it helps you it helps lower the risk of injuries, not only to the pitcher, but to the hitter by kind of knowing that you aren't just going to wildly yeah. throw the ball. I mean, that wild throws are still going to happen. Don't get me wrong. Well, yeah, they happen but, now with, they happen with guys that are throwing, use the spider yeah, attack. Exactly. <laughs> so, but that's something that they should look into and say, okay, look, maybe we put this as a, like a thing on the mound like in, basically like what the rosin bag is but maybe we make this a substance that we put on the mound and that the pitchers can use as we put it on there and anything else you use pine tar you use spider tack you use anything that is automatic grounds for you know suspension fines everything from that point on but if you use this substance that we know isn't going to improve your performance then, then you will be fine. Because I do think that, especially the way the now the ball is, and hearing how Glass now especially talked about it today, basically saying that it's a, a cue ball, that it's basically just a pool ball, that they need a little something to be able yeah. to control it. Or Major League Baseball, you stop messing with the ball, and you go back to the way the ball was that had a little tackier surface on it anyways. I mean, back in the day, people were still using substances. Like, let's not get that wrong. But if the ball had a little bit more tack to it, you wouldn't be able to tell them like, Hey, you can't use that now. Like they would be like, most of them wouldn't need to use it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's another thing, you know, the, the, the major league baseball, the, the two things they need to do is they need to crack down on any of the cheating spider tag is, is to me is flat out cheating. I mean, yes. that's just cheating. It's improving your performance by using a, some, a substance is, is completely cheating. It's no different from, from it. Well, it is different from the steroids and the fact that, you know, not everyone's using it. I mean, it, it's one of those things where um, I, I think that, that that type of thing is flat out cheating. But, you know, it's one of those things that I think. Um, I would say at, more, more, more pitchers in the major league now are using spider attack or anything than we would even imagine are using it. Yeah. And, and I, I think there are a lot of pitchers that use it uh, for sure. And, you know, especially guys that if you, that, that magically add spin rate, cause I don't think spin rate something that you just add. I, I don't think you just add spin rate. And, and there's been so many guys, especially the star pitchers that after this has come out, I mean, you look at the, the, the different guys, you look at Garrett Cole's spin rate has dropped. Shane Bieber's spin rate dropped a lot. Trevor Bauer's spin rate has dropped. And to be fair to him, he called him, he called major league baseball out on this a few years ago. And, you know, he, and then when they didn't really do anything, he started using it. So, I mean, I, you know, I get that to a certain level, even though I still probably say, well, he knew he was using something that wasn't supposed to be used, but you know, still, I, it's one of those things that any pitcher that is using spider tack needs to shut up and deal with it because they're the ones that are the problem. You know, Tyler glass. Now, if, if Tyler glass now is being, being truthful with, with, with everything, talking about how he doesn't need to add spin rate and, He's just trying to keep getting grip of the ball, and he, he might be he might be venting about, you know, it, it's entirely possible. I, you have to say if it's truthful, which I think it probably is, but we don't know for sure if he's being truthful with it and stuff. You know that that's uh, you know I think that 
well, first off, I think some of those guys should be paying his medical bills. Um, and, yeah. and, and, I, yeah, and, and I think if that's, if that's what happened to him. So, but I like, um, you know, I, I like the change to the, to the extent that, you know, the cheating needs to stop. I don't like it that, you know, you have, you know, if I don't like that base, that major league baseball, I've been talking, I've been, I've been ranting about them changing the ball for years too. I mean, they, they've needed to, you know, not change the ball every year. I mean, the juice ball was stupid. You know, it just added to the issues that are in baseball right now with the, you know, the nobody, you know, the, the high home run total, low, high strikeout, the three true outcome. All they did was just add to it with that. The juice baseball was stupid, you know, it, and, and to a certain extent, it was completely unfair to pitchers to all of a sudden, you know, the way they were pitching is no longer viable because, you know, guys are just going to hit pop-ups that go out of the ballpark for home runs. So then I think a lot of pitchers probably started doing this stuff when that happened too. So it's just one of those things that they need to, uh, you know, they need to go back to, you know, it, it's one of those things where some of the changes that Major League Baseball has made, these are the ones that are already coming back to bite them, you know. And I think yeah. that if you look at, you know, that the changes that they made, you know, this year, the changes that they're making right now are going to come back to bite them in the future. We keep talking about that, but these are changes that they made five, six, seven, eight years ago that are, that are coming to back to bite them now. So, I, you know, I think that they need to they need to go back to a different ball that they had. You know, well, I don't know what was wrong with the ball in the mid to late 2000s. I don't think everyone was using spider tack in the mid to late 2000s. There might have been some guys using, you know, there might have been some guys using, you know, rosin and sunscreen or something, but there wasn't, you know, everyone's known for years that pine tar or something like, or spider tack type stuff. I don't think they actually use spider tack because it wasn't really known to to give them advantage for a while, but the guys are using pine tar. I mean, everyone's known that was against the rules and I don't think that's a real commonly used thing. So, right. but, um, but anyways, that, you know, I think it's a good change to eliminate that. I think that they need to do a little bit of research on what it's doing to, you know, if, if the Tyler glass now stuff is true, you know, what, what they need, they need to change some things about that. Um, you know, but I think that they're on a, I think the path that they're on is good. And I tell you, there's one more pitcher that has been obviously using this stuff for a while that comes out online bitching about, you know, the, the change. Then, like I say, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm done with that. I, I'm, I'm tired of that. So, you know, they're the ones that are the problem. So, um, you know, uh, they, they, they're cheating and they're not doing the, they're not doing the, they're not working their way up the correct way. They're not being a, they're not being, in, there's no integrity in what they're doing. And I think that they, you know, they're the worst. And I think they should get suspended <laughs> if they get caught with it ever again now that it's being enforced. So, but it'll be interesting to see what uh, Major League Baseball does in, in the future. And I hope that they're able to um, crack down on this without, you know, negative effects on, on stuff. So, yeah, I'm going to be interested to see with the CBA coming up that if maybe something is mandated in the CBA for this, you know, for this concept or, or something about this, about maybe a substance like a sunscreen and rosin or something. It's going to be a, it's just going to be something there's going to be a, a ton of other issues with the CBA. But I wonder if it is something that, you know, maybe they start investigating and during the CBA, the players or something start asking for it as well. So we'll we'll definitely see. We'll, we'll keep up on yeah. that. But 
Uh, one thing we wanted to do also as well is we wanted to kind of look since we got the first phase of or the first all-star game voting results back so far kind of look over who's leading at what positions in what league and then fill out our own little ballot and kind of talk through what we would think um, a ballot should look like so for right now we'll, let's start in the al and we'll look at al first baseman uh, right now vladimir guerrero jr is leading the vote with about 51 percent of the vote uh, Jose Abreu second, and Yuli Gurriel's third. Uh, I think Vlad Jr. is probably an easy AL yeah, first he, baseman. He is, um, absolutely, and just to mention a couple other first basemen because you know it's, it's so easy to say Vlad Jr. I mean he's you know hitting three forty six with a four fifty one on base, six seventy six ninety seven slugging for a two oh six WRC plus, which is better than Mike Trout's career best season. He's got 22 home runs, which leads the majors. I mean, the guy's been out of his mind this year so far. Um, and, you know, he's a po very possible triple crown winner in the in the American League. Mm -hmm. But to mention a couple other guys, Matt Olson's been really good. Um, he's cut down his strikeouts a lot, and he's actually hit 290 on his average, which has been his lowest low point in his career. Has been He's a, he's a three true outcome guy, so has been his issues. And um, in an extreme fly ball, but he's hit 290 for average, uh, 18 home runs, and you know he's always a good defender. Although his defense has been a little bit down this year, um, Yuli Gurriel has been really good too. Um, you know he's he's got a really good batting average. Um, you know walking more than ever, uh, he's been good. And then Jared Walsh has been been outstanding uh, for the Angels. He's really kept them afloat with with the trout injury and uh you know kept, honestly kept them in the race i mean they're back to 500 so yeah um you know they're they're playing pretty well right now they've went on a nice little winning streak over the past yeah, little did. week and stuff they so did. well let's let's look at the uh the al first baseman or the nl first baseman sorry um and right now max muncie's leading that with about 23 percent of the vote freddie freeman is in second with about 16 percent of the vote and then Anthony Rizzo is third with about 12% of the vote. Yeah, and I think those are the top three first basemen in the league so far this year. Um, I think my pick would probably be a Max Muncy. Um, you know, he, he's been really good this year. He's, he's walking a ton, um, you know, hitting home runs. He's injured right now, though, right? Yeah, he just uh, he got an oblique. They didn't say yeah. it was a full oblique strain. They just said it was side tightness. Um, so they're, they're not sure how long we haven't heard much about if he's going to be out long-term or if it's just going to be a short absence. Right. Um, right. But so, he, uh, he also, he started the year really struggling. Yeah. So he could, I mean, he was walking a lot at the beginning of the year, but he wasn't hitting. I think for a long time he was batting 150 or 190 or something. Um, so to be back up at a, uh, what's he at now? He's at a 264 average with a 946 OPS. Yeah. I mean, I think he's the pick too. Yeah, the thing I find interesting in the first baseman race here, um, the top first baseman in the National League, the, the top five in wins above replacement all have a sub-300 batting average on balls in play. And, um, you know, including Freddie Freeman's 237, which is about 100 points lower than his typical uh, batting average on balls in play. So that, that explains some of his struggles. But, you know, you've got... Back next month, with a 163 WRC plus, he's got a 287 BABIP, which hit with his batted ball profile is probably about what he should be at. But um, he's been very good. Um, you know, walks like I say, walks a ton. Uh, been very valuable. 2.7 wins above replacement. Played good defense, 
at first. Um, he's been good. And to, to, I, the, the, the number five first baseman in wins above replacement has actually been Darren Ruff this year. Oh, <laughs> I, I was looking at the looking at the list, and that, that's pretty dang crazy to me that Darren Ruff has been the fifth best first baseman based on war. So um, good for him on that. But, uh, but yeah, interesting stuff here. Um, you know, I think, but I think Max Muncy definitely is the, is the guy right now. Yeah, so we'll pick Max Muncy there. Uh, so let's go over to the AL second baseman. Um, right now, Marcus Simeon is leading that vote with 34%. Jose Altuve is in second with 20%, and DJ LeMahieu is third with 9%. Yeah, uh, Marcus Simeon, I think, has been the best guy here. He started a little bit slow and then just went on a tear. Um, Jose Altuve has been really good. Um, you know, some of the things that, you know, about him last year with his, you know, coming back from the from the, the, the Astro scandal, um, you know, struggling and stuff. I think some of that's been alleviated a little bit by, you know, or the fact that he had to have the cheating to be good type stuff that people were saying is has a little bit alleviated although you know obviously i don't condone what they did but um i think he's still a good player and uh you know a 288 average 358 on base 473 slugging 132 wrc plus be good but marcus simeon i think definitely is is the guy here and uh, i think there's a pretty big drop off after him and nick madrigal has actually been really good uh yeah. you know he just uh he just actually had he, season and needs surgery yeah i was gonna say but he but he got injured so yeah. um you hate to you hate that because he was having a really good strong rookie or I guess I guess he's technically still a rookie so yeah uh, but yeah Marcus Simeon I think is the easy choice here. All right, well we'll pick Simeon there. Let's go over to the NL second baseman. Right now, Ozzy Albies is leading that vote with seventeen percent. Adam Frazier's in second with twelve percent. Gavin Lux is at third with ten percent. Yeah, um, I think that this race here, and and if you look at the leaderboards on like Fangraphs or something, Max Muncy's the guy that's leading here because he's played some second base, but obviously he's a first baseman. And Chris Taylor's also up there on the leaderboard, but he's not a first baseman. I mean, a second baseman right now. He's he plays all over. So I don't know what their positions are on, you know, in the All Star voting. But uh, I think this is between Adam Frazier and Ozzy Albies. Um, I probably give a nod to Ozzy Albies. He's been really unlucky on balls and play at times this year, but a 122 WRC plus and elite defense at second base is, uh, you know, hard to hard to uh, hard to hard to turn down there. So uh, I think I would probably give a, a nod to Ozzy Albies here. Yeah, um, see the one. I mean, you brought up Adam Frazier. He's having a fantastic year. Yeah. Um, in 333 or 332. He doesn't hit for a lot of power. He's only yeah. got two homers, and he's playing on the Pirates, so he won't, doesn't get a lot of recognition. Um, eight sixty three OPS. I mean, that's he he's having a fantastic season. Another guy too that not many people are talking about, and he's not in that top three. That's having a really good year. Another guy who doesn't hit for a ton of power, but that's Gene Segura. He's hitting in three thirty five this year. He's got an eight fifty six OPS. That's right there with. You know, right under Adam Frazier and right above Ozzy Albies, with Albies having an 827. And he's a guy who's not really getting much recognition at all um, for the type of season that he's having so far. Yeah, the, the problem for Gene Segura is, is probably the fact that he's only played in 48 games, um, which, you know, that's a pretty big drop off from what some of these other guys have, have been doing. And, and, and that he's. You know, he's his batting average on balls and play is really high, and, and, and a lot of small sample size can explain that more so than some of these other guys that have played 20 more games than him. I mean, you look at uh, Ozzy Albies played 61, Adam Frazier 64, uh, another candidate here, Jake Cronenworth's played 67, 
Um, Ryan McMahon, who I don't know if he's on the ballot for second base. He has is. Played, you know, okay, he is. He's played yeah. 66 games. He's he's not far behind these guys either. Um, his problem is his own base percentage is low. But um, interesting stuff. But I, I do give Ozzy Albies the edge here. I don't know about you, but uh, you know, it's, it's between him and Adam Frazier probably right now. Yeah, I probably would go with Adam Frazier just because – Pirates have to have somebody, right? They have to have somebody, and he's having – I mean, he's having a really, really great season for him. I mean, he's having basically a career season for him. Yeah, 11% strikeout rate is pretty impressive in in today's game. So that's that's, that's really, really nice. But For the the base of this, we'll go with Albies. We'll give you a a brave on here right now. (laughs) Um, So let's go ahead and and look at the – I think next up will be third base for the AL. And right now, Rafael Devers is leading that with 28% of the vote. Yohan Moncada is in second with 13%, and Alex Bregman is a close third with 12%. Yeah, um, I don't know why people don't like Jose Ramirez, because he's probably better than all those guys. But um, And this year, he's been just as good, if not better, than, than all those guys. So um, I think I would go with Jose Ramirez. Yeah, he's having a, a really great yeah. year. Uh, and not many people are really recognizing him because of the way Cleveland's kind of, you know, they weren't supposed to be as good, and, and he's kind of leading that charge. But I, I I agree. It's Jose Ramirez or Devers. Devers is having a really good year as well with 282, yep. 16 homers, a 913 OPS. Um, but I don't, I don't think we want to do this and pick everyone that's in first place. So uh, let, let's give the nod to Jose Ramirez in this one. Yeah. The thing about Jose Ramirez, too, is that his plate discipline has been incredible. 13% strikeout, 11% walk, and he also is playing good defense, which Rafael Devers is not a good defensive third baseman. Yeah. <laughs> so he's not as bad as he as he was, was when he came up. He's, he's improved there, but he's, he's not a great defensive third baseman. So yeah. um, that's uh, that's something that definitely uh, definitely you know hurt, helps Jose Ramirez. But um, – well, let's uh, let's jump over to the NL third baseman, and we got Chris Bryant leading that one at twenty nine percent of the vote. Nolan Arenado second at fourteen percent, and Justin Turner is in third with twelve percent. Yeah, this is a very interesting uh, race here. Problem is that Chris Bryant's not a third baseman anymore, so yeah. why he's on the third base ballot, I won't know. I guess they did it before the season and decided to not change things. But uh, you know, if I was picking a third baseman here. I think it would probably be Nolan Arenado with you know Chris Bryant. I mean with uh, Austin Riley in the in the conversation too, with, as, along with Justin Turner. Um, but um, you know I get uh, Chris Bryant's had such a phenomenal season. If he's on the ballot for third base, I think you have to vote for him, even though he's played mostly outfield this year. Yeah, that that, that is the unfortunate part. I don't know why they have it like that, but. He should be on the outfield ballot, but he is on third base. But like you said, those guys, Austin Riley, I mean, he should get more, you know, some more recognition on the vote because he's had, I mean, just as good of years as any of those top three guys getting votes and, and probably better than Turner and Arenado. And he's been the best hitter out of those guys. Yeah. He's he, been a better he, hitter than Turner or Arenado. His yeah. defense, especially as of late, he played okay defense for, for the first, you know, however many games of the season and then the last like two weeks defense has been awful yeah so let's jump over to shortstop though uh in the yeah. al we got xander bogart's leading that vote with 31 percent of the vote bobachette is in second with 15 percent of the vote and third is tim anderson with 11 percent of the vote yeah and i think that there is absolutely no way possible that you could 
say that Xander Bogarts isn't the best shortstop in the American League right now. The guy's just an incredible hitter. Does hits the all field, hits for power, um, second in home runs for shortstops behind Boba Shett, but with much better plate discipline, average, you know, uh, con- or uh, walk rate, everything is better than Boba Shett outside of just power. Um, so I think it's it's been very very good uh, for for Xander Bogarts. Carlos Correa has had a good season too. Um, you know, you look at his numbers, and I mean he's. He's looked like the Carlos Correa that was the number one pick, um, and he's been healthy this year, which is something that's held him back a lot in his career. Um, Isaiah kind of Falefa is up there in, on the war leaderboards, which is very impressive. He's been very good this year, um, especially uh, especially in the field at the plate. He's showed enough imp- improvements to uh, you know to to not be a defense only guy. Um, he's a little bit like a couple of the years that. Jose Iglesias has had that where he hit for a lot of contact and, and stuff. Uh, but yeah, I, I definitely, definitely lean to Xander Bogarts. He, he had, he had another home run tonight too. He's, he's just a very, very good shortstop. Yeah. Uh, do we even need to talk about the NL shortstop? I mean, I think so. No, I mean, I am being sarcastic, but Fernando Tatis is, is leading that vote with 40%. Javier Baez is second with 13%. Corey Seager's in third with nine percent. A guy who is who's not on that top three and is really interesting is Trey Turner. Yeah. I mean, why is Trey Turner not up in the voting a little bit more? Well, Javier Baez is getting the voting because because the Cubs fans and the Nationals are bad. So, um, yeah. I think that that that's a, a big deal. But um, Fernando Tatis Jr. You know, obviously is the best hitter out of all these guys. But I tell you what. Brandon Crawford's having a good year <laughs> at, at shortstop. He's playing really good defense back, you know, at, like, like he had for, you know, so many years when he was the gold glover in, in, in uh, San Francisco. And I mean, his bat's been alive this year, 15 home runs, a 140 WRC plus, which doesn't trail. It trails, you know, Fernando Tatis Jr. But um, when you look at Fernando Tatis Jr.'s defense and how many errors he's made, he leads the league in errors, you know, in some ways, I think Brandon Crawford's been just as valuable to his team. In fact, he's got a 2.3 war compared to Tatis Jr.'s 2.4 war. So, um, you know, but if you look at some of the – you look at Fernando Tatis Jr. also as having missed some games. Um, you know, he's hit 19 home runs. He hit his 20th tonight. I think he's – I think he's got to be the pick here. Although, for his first All-Star game, by the way, although um, – you know, Brandon Crawford, uh, Brandon Crawford deserves recognition and as does Trey Turner. He deserves a lot of recognition too. So yeah, if we had to pick, I would probably go Tatis, Turner, yeah. and then Crawford. Yeah. Crawford's right there, but yeah, I guess yeah. we have to pick Tatis really. So, yeah. Uh, so this one's going to be a, one of the more interesting ones and that's going to be the catcher position. And right now in the AL it's Salvador Perez is leading that with 43% of the votes. Yasmani Grandal's at 9%. And Martin Maldonado's at seven percent. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, Mart- I, I don't understand that one. Yeah, I mean, Martin yeah. Maldonado has negative point one wins above replacement right now. I, I mean, so, I don't even want. I I think it's just. Hey, I will tell you what, for a, a franchise that's hated as much as they are right now, the Astros fans have come out to vote in this because yeah. it seems like there's the Astros have been voted high everywhere, mm-hmm. but. I don't know if people. I don't know if it's Astros fans plus a bunch of people joking or what, but uh, 
Yeah. But that's been interesting. So, but Sal, I mean, Salvador Perez is the only one remotely close to to being a all star in for this position. I mean, everyone else, I think the highest batting average yeah. outside of that is Christian Vasquez at like a two fifty four this year. But his OPS is like six forty five. Yeah, you look at a couple guys who haven't played too many games, but I mean, you also look at. I mean, Yasmani Grandal is mm-hmm. sitting there at a 132 WRC plus. Nobody's voting for him because he's got a 154 average, but he's got a 400 on base percentage. Yeah. Like, I mean, I would vote for, I'd probably vote for for Yasmani Grandal. He's played way fewer games than Salvador Perez, who play, plays has played 65 games, and he still put up just as much wins above replacement as uh as as Perez. But um, you know, Mike Zunino's actually been pretty good. Um you know, with his 40% strikeout rate, but he's, you know, he's been, been totally, totally good. He's a great defensive catcher. Um, you know, you look at, you know, maybe, maybe, um, I don't know. I mean, uh, it, it's one of those things where, you know, a lot of these guys behind them have been defense first catchers or guys who haven't played every day or, or whatever. So, um, you know, I really think it's between those, those four top four or top three or four and, you know, you probably do go with Salvador Perez, but, um, you know, just because I don't, I can't imagine that, that enough fans are going to vote for a guy with a 154 batting average to, to get in just because of looking at the batting average. But obviously, Osmani oh, yeah, uh, Grandal has been, you know, good this year. I mean, 132 WRC plus, that means he's 30% above the league, league average hitter. And he's got a 139 Babbitt, which is the lowest I've ever seen by a very large margin so yeah and like you said nobody's gonna vote for him i mean that just shows i mean he's only got nine percent compared to salvador perez's 43 percent right now so yeah um yeah we'll go with that one the nl i think that's where it's a little bit more interesting i mean the clear and obvious pick is going to be buster posey because um, because he's had such a great year and he's taking 30 percent of the vote but the, the more interesting fact to me is that yadier molina is second with 16 percent of the vote and wilson Contreras is third with 11 percent of the vote jt real muto is nowhere on that list will smith's nowhere on that list and uh, i mean i don't know why i mean i get the cubs is is because of the cubs fandom but Yadier Molina, I guess as well, but where, I mean, JT Real Muto and Will Smith have had two really good seasons. Yeah. Well, there, there's a big difference between who's actually all-star worthy and who fans are voting right. for, because every fan in baseball or, or even, you know, all the casual fans, everybody knows who Yadier Molina is, but not everybody knows who Will Smith is. Like, right. that's one of the things that, you know, even though Will Smith's, you know, won the, won the World Series last year and is a starting catcher for the Dodgers, Yadier Molina is a, a probably a future Hall of Famer. You know, Wilson Contreras is a guy who was on the Cubs World Series team. He's one of their top players on that team. I mean, uh, but I mean, you you have to vote for Buster Posey here. I mean, the yeah, guy has been absolutely so good. He's got a 3.29 average, 400 on base, 5.71 slugging, 166 WRC plus. He's put up a two and a half wins above replacement in 45 games and. You know, obviously, 45 games hurts him a little bit, but the the Giants have been resting him a lot, trying to keep him healthy. Is it's he's a you know 30? How old is he? 30, 35 or something? Yeah, I think he's 35. Yeah, 35. Yeah, 35 year old catcher. You know, it's hard for him to play every single day, but uh, Buster Posey's got to be the pick here. Yeah, he absolutely does. So let's jump over to the outfield now, and we'll jump at the American League first. Right now, Mike Trout's leading that with 15%. Aaron Judge is at 11%. Byron Buxton's at 8 
Uh, Adolis Garcia's at seven. Teoscar Hernandez at five. And then the rest are Randall Gritchick, Verdugo, Randy Rosarena, and Michael Brantley at four or 3%. So, and we get to pick three deal. here, by the way. Here's here's the deal. Um, Byron Buxton and Mike Trout were both really good, but they only played 24 games for Buxton and 36 yep. games for Trout. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they were high on the leaderboards, but the small sample size helped them a lot too because both of them had 415-plus BABIPs. In fact, Mike Trout was running a career-high strikeout rate at 28% when he went down with his injury. So I, I kind of take them out of the consideration just mm-hmm. because they haven't played enough games this year to, to put them in there. But, um, you know, I look at Cedric Mullins as, as being one of the guys I feel like is a pretty much a lock for me. Um, okay. He's been incredible. Uh, 374 Babbitt, but a 321 average, 389 on base, 524 slugging, nine home runs. Um, you know, it's 12 stolen bases, I believe, leads outfielders in the American League. 152 WRC plus, good defense. He's been very, very, very good. Um, three wins above replacement. I, I, I like him a lot. Um, I think you look at like look at Aaron Judge. He's cut his strikeout rate a pretty good bit this year. Uh, he's down to a 24% strikeout rate, which compared to his career, 30%. It's really solid. 15 home runs, uh, two wins above replacement, and uh, to be honest, I like uh, I like I like uh, uh, both of the A's guys. I don't know which one we to pick between. I, you got Ramon Laureano and Mark Canna. They've both well, been really good. And I got a couple more. I got I got about three more options that I was yeah. that I I mean before you even started saying names, I picked out these three guys before any of the names you picked even, and you haven't even said them yet. Uh, and that's Alex Verdugo, one of them. He's having a, a really good season, two ninety, an eight oh eight OPS, eight homers, twenty eight RBIs. Um, another guy who's had a good bounce back season has been. Um, uh, Mitch Haneker, his batting average doesn't look that great at the 259, but 16 homers, 40 RBIs, and 828. Yeah, 130. Now. And he's been a guy who's battled injuries a bunch of times. So he's one guy that I looked at. And the other one was Teoscar Hernandez. I mean, 293, 10 homers, 41 RBIs, and 825 OPS. I mean, those are all three guys as well that, on top of the names you said, that are, are I think are very much in, have to be in consideration for an all star spot. Maybe not yeah, on our ballot, but but in consideration. Yeah, they're they're absolutely in consideration, and I mean, you got other guys too that that should be in consideration. I mean, you look at, you know, um, you look at Kyle Tucker. I think he's a guy that should be in consideration. He's been really good. One thirty WRC plus. He's played a lot of games. Some of these guys haven't played that many games. Adolis Garcia, you know, hitting all those home runs. I think he's got to be in consideration. Um, but I, you know, if it was me. I would go with probably Judge, Canha, and uh, Cedric Mullins. But, um, you know, with, with Trout, you know, Trout and Buxton probably going to get votes just because mm-hmm. of who they are. And, you know, obviously Buxton was so good to start the season before injury. Trout, you know, same thing. Um, and Trout being the best player in baseball. Um, you know, I just have a hard time, you know, voting for guys that have played 25 and 36 games like, like those two guys have. So, but we'll see. Um, you know, I, I think that they're both, you know, I think when they come back, they'll be two of the best players in baseball. And I think Trout will be the best outfielder. And, you know, I, but right now, I mean, I have a hard time voting for those guys. So, all right, well, we'll go with, we'll go with Canna in that third spot. Um, so let's look over at the NL um, outfield, and that is Ronald Acuna Jr. leading that with 16%. Nick Castellanos at 11%. J- 
Jesse Winker at nine. Mookie Betts is fourth with eight. And then it's Juan Soto, Chris Taylor, both with 4%. Bryce Harper with three. Trent Grisham and Gatel Marte also with three. Yeah, and I think that when you look at this, um, I think that the bands have gotten it right so far. I think Nick Castellanos, um, even though he does have a 400-plus Babbitt, has been really, really, really good. Uh, 180 WRC plus, 3.4 wins above replacement. He's actually been good in the outfield. Uh, only one, minus 1.5 defensive uh, you know, value based on the fan graphs metrics, and which is which is really not that bad compared to his career numbers. And he's in the fact that he's playing a negative value defensive position. Uh, he's been pretty good in the outfield. Uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. Everybody knows about him, how good he is. Yeah. Um, just incredible talent. Uh, Jesse Winker. Um, you know, he's been so deadly against right-handed pitching, hit a lot of home runs. You know, a guy that he's really a platoon guy that has played so good. He's out there. And obviously on, on our on the war leaderboard, you got Chris Bryant, but he's in the third base ballot. So <laughs> for some reason. So, uh, you know, I'll look at some other guys. I mean, you look at, you know, Chris Taylor, I think if he was – I think he's on the – He's on the outfield. outfield. Yeah. He is. Okay, Chris Taylor should definitely be in consideration. Um, you know, you look at – um. You know, I, I don't know. I think those are the guys that I would I would put in consideration. But, but, but I think that the top three there are pretty. I think They've, it's pretty straightforward. Yeah, the top three have been uh, other guys who have played well, but but missed a Brian lot of Reynolds time. Too. Yeah, Brian Reynolds. But uh, um, you know, Starling Marte, he's yeah. he's been good, but he's missed a lot of time. Cattell Marte, same thing. I mean, he Trent just Grisham. recently came back. Trent Grisham as well. Um. There was one other one I was looking at that was having a really decent yeah, Bryce season. Bryce Harper too. was playing really well, before, you know, before his issues. Yeah, so I think they got the top three right. I mean, it's it's Winker, it's Castellanos, it's Acuna for me. Um, if I will say one gripe about this dang ballot though, it's that they give you a designated hitter for the AL and they don't give you a hitter or a utility bat yeah. for the NL. They should give the NL something because if they did, I think Chris Taylor would be the easy one in there for me. Yeah, pinch hitter of the year, Pablo Sandoval. No, pinch hitter of the year against lefties, Albert Pujols. Well, okay, whatever. Okay. Sure. Whatever. Sorry, let me get my fandom out there, okay? <laughs> just, um, so we, we've got that. Pretty much only place we have left now is the designated hitter for the American League. Um, and right now that voting is pull that up it's Shohei Otani's leading that at 33 percent JD Martinez is second with 18 and Jordan Alvarez is third with nine yeah and I think the answer here is pretty obvious so Ryan Shohei. Mountcastle, <laughs> well, Ryan Mountcastle. <laughs> no, I mean I think Shohei Otani um yeah you know and and the fact that he's also the the inside the you know the talent he is on the mound you know obviously we've talked about a lot how he needs to refine his game on the mound a little bit but the, the talent that he's got i'll, I'll show hey otani and you, you have to pick him i mean he's been the highest wins above replacement guy at, at the plate too over jd martinez um but you know jd martinez has been very good a lot of the you know the more traditional voters will go for him because of his 309 batting average um but you know Shohei nine stolen bases he's a pitcher yeah. He's got nine stolen bases. I mean, the 17 home runs, obviously, is impressive. <laughs> now, don't get me wrong. But nine stolen bases for a pitcher. He's not just a slugger. He's a pitcher. And, and he can, I mean, 10% walk rate, that, that's come up a lot from, from early in the season when he was a lot lower um, on that metric. His strikeouts are pretty high. But, you know, it's 
for a guy who's hitting a lot of home runs, not the end of the world. Um, this guy, he's just such an all-around talent, and yeah. uh, you know, even if even if you could, you, you can make an argument that JD Martinez has, has been better as a designated hitter. But even if that was the case, Shohei Otani's got to be your pick. You got to get him in the All Star game. He has to. He has to be in the All Star game. I mean, he has to. He's he's such a good talent. Um, yeah. You you have some other guys you can look at. I mean, Nelson, Nelson Cruz, Cruz is good. Yeah. I mean, Trey Mancini's been so good since the first month. Um, you know, Jordan Alvarez is obviously good. All Stan these guys that are decent. yeah, all these guys that have held down a designated hitter position for for long for long enough to be qualified hitters. Uh, all of them have been you know pretty dang good just because you look at their you you look at the the fact that you know all the, the, the as a designated hitter i mean you have to you have to be good to do, get to have that every night as a hitter so all of them are going to have 120 130 140 wrc pluses um you know or or their guys who have in the past been really good but have just struggled this year so i definitely look at um i definitely look at shohei though out here for yeah sure. absolutely shohei has to be the pick for everything yep. you just said no doubt so sort of looking over our ballot, we the voters have got it right a lot of the times for, for what the votes are like Especially so far. In the National League. Yeah. Um, and mind that you on an all star ballot, you are not allowed to vote for pitchers. Um, yeah. that is mainly from players and managers and, and stuff like that. So no pitchers on here. But as our ballot looks so far, it's in the American League, it's Vladimir Guerrero Jr. for first base, Marcus Simeon for second. Jose Ramirez for third, Xander Bogarts for short, Salvador Perez for catcher, Aaron Judge, Cedric Mullins, and Mark Canna for outfield, and Shohei Otani for DH. And then the National League, we got Max Muncy, Ozzy Albies, Chris Bryant for third base, Fernando Tatis, Buster Posey, Acuna, Castellanos, and Winker. And I, I think that's first place in every the first place and top three in the outfield for national yep. league. So I think we're right on with everybody. Yep. So I think, um, you know, and I think that there's some things that can change before the all-star game. And, yeah, absolutely. But, uh, I, I definitely am. I definitely feel good about the guys that we picked. I think they're, you know, and, and for the all-star game, there's going to be a lot of the, the guys that we, we talked about that are second, third, that yeah. we were, you know, they're, they're going to get reserve spots. So, yeah, you know, they're going to get named all-stars and, you know, even if JD Martinez beat out Shohei, which I doubt is going to happen, you know, one of the other ones going to get an all-star spot at that position. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, if you look at, uh, you know, you look at some of the other, other, you know, in the National League, you look at like a, like at third base, I would imagine that, you know, one of the actual third basemen, um, or at least probably two of the actual third basemen get, get spots. Although Chris Bryant, you know, deserves the, deserves the all-star starter not if you compare him to the players at third base um you know he's only played he hadn't played third base in three months so or two months so um you know it's one of those things but it's good uh you know good stuff i'm uh i'm excited to, to, to see how i think the all-star game has lost some of its luster in the past several years but i think that you know it's a good honor for a lot of these players especially when they win the fan votes because you know, it's the fans picking them. It means that the, the fans like them. They're likable people most mostly. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of times it's, if it's guys who are, you know, people just don't like, you know, I, I, they'll, they won't get picked, obviously. So um, I'm, uh, you know, I, I think it's exciting for a lot of these players. So Absolutely it is. Well, to wrap up our show, let's jump over to our players of the week, which we do every week. Um, so the hitter that I'm going to go with this week is, is Bo Bichette. 
it really can be the whole Toronto Blue Jays team. I mean, they put up a, a big game, especially on Saturday against the the Red Sox. I think they put up 18 runs or something. Um, Teoscar Hernandez had two, three run homers. But Bo Bichette's going to be my pick this week. You know, he had a 419 batting average, a 455 OPS, a 210 weighted runs created, um, two homers, 10 runs, five RBIs, two stolen bases. It's it just all around really solid week from Bo Bichette. Like I said, th- this was more of a talking about everybody on that Toronto Blue Jays staff. And I mean, easily could have been Vladimir Guerrero Jr., but we've talked about him so much that I decided to go with, uh, with Bo Bichette this week. Yeah, and for my for my hitter, Bobochet's had a great week, by the way. I I, I would I'm behind that too. But um, my hitter, um, I don't know if I've picked a guy this year that had zero home runs as my player of the yeah. week. But uh, this guy also had zero strikeouts. So yeah. uh, Michael Brantley's been really good. He's hit 600 this week with uh, which is pretty pretty crazy. Um, you know, a, a 317 WRC plus. Uh, Michael Brantley's a guy who's been such a good contact hitter for a long time. Something that, you know, he's kind of a throwback style player. He, he hits for a lot of contact, hits a lot of doubles, um, you know, and gets on base at a good clip. And, uh, you know, that's kind of his skill set. And I look at look at Michael Brantley and, um, you know, a guy who he's up there in his years too. He's I think he's 35 now. So um, dealt with a lot of injuries early in his career. But, you know, I think he deserves some recognition this week. It's hard to go in the big leagues this, this day and age. It's hard to go a whole, you know, even though he's only played five games this week because of their schedule, but it's hard to go five games without striking out. So, um, you know, I, I think I, I wanted to give some props to Michael Brantley. Absolutely. Well, for my pitcher of the week, I went with Zach Wheeler. He had one start this week. Um, usually you like to like hit one of those two start week guys, but he's just been so fantastic in general, but he had eight innings pitched this week, four hits, no runs, no walks, 12 strikeouts, um, a a FIP of 0.15 and an XFIP of, of 1.46 this week. Um, like He's been so great this season in general, and, and this is just another great start and, and great week for Zach Wheeler. And, uh, you know, hopefully he's starting to get a little bit more recognition for the stuff that he's put up this year because it's been, it's been a fantastic season. Yeah, and Zach Wheeler's been very good. I think that start was, uh, was against Atlanta. But, it was. Um, but uh, the guy I wanted to pick, and I could have picked a few different guys. I, I, you know, I looked at Carlos Rodon a little bit. Jacob Degrom was nutty as, as per usual. Um, but I wanted to go with um, a, a two-start guy who was part of the Nolan Arenado trade in the offseason, and that is Austin Gomber. Um, you know, the strikeout numbers on, on Austin Gomber weren't aren't, aren't that great this week, uh, 6.23, but he didn't walk a single guy, two starts, 13 innings. I think one of those starts was actually an eight-inning start too. Um, and uh, 0.69 ERA, um, you know, I thought that was really impressive. He gets the ball on the ground a lot this week. It was at a 61% clip. Uh, that's always been his calling card. But uh, good for Austin Gomber. It would be nice to see, you know, him blossom. And uh, I know that eight-inning start was in course. So I don't remember yeah. looking at the box score. So it was in San anybody Diego. Who can, yeah, against San Diego. Anybody who can go eight innings against San Diego in cores and not give up a run um, – you know, that's that's pretty impressive. So I have to give some props to Austin Gomber for that. Well, let alone that, he also only gave up three hits. Like you said, no walks and, and four strikeouts. Yeah, I mean, no walks. No walks in either start. He, he had a five-inning start as well in the past yeah. week and didn't give up any walks in that one. So Yeah, but three uh, three hits Gomber. three hits to the Padres in Coors in eight innings, is yep. uh, that's really fantastic. Yeah, so uh, No doubt, no doubt. So, um, so 
Well, that's going to wrap it up for, for this show this week. Uh, thank you guys for, for tuning in. Um, you know, hopefully you guys are out there voting for your all-star game ballots. We kind of gave you what ours would look like. Um, and let us know what you think about the pitchers and then the, the substance, d- d- you know, deal that's happening right now and, and what you guys would maybe, uh, see happen to the game. But you got yeah. anything else you want to, you want to? Yeah, just just to recap that part of it, I, I hate that that's how all going on right now. I, I hate it. I, I think it's been botched by MLB to have have that come up just now. But um, you know, hopefully, hopefully, good comes out of it. And uh, the last thing we want to see is guys get injured or, or have major issues from from this. But um, we also want the cheaters to uh, you know to pay the price and or at least to not be allowed to do this stuff anymore. So um, I think. Uh, you know, some good changes are necessary, but at the same time, you know, you got to make sure you're making the right changes. So, um, but we'll see, we'll see what comes out of it. Um, I'm sure that there will be a lot more talk about that in the next couple of weeks. So. Absolutely. Well, thank you guys for tuning in this episode of the Batflip podcast and we'll catch you guys next week. Thank you very much.